I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's go! You know, it's fine. Everybody wants quick quick answers and they want everything done right now. But if the club don't think they're making, you know, they've got the right person to, to come in and be the manager at the moment or whatever that might be, then they'll hold on that and they'll make sure they make the right decision at the right time. It's just about bringing focus to the football. That's the most important thing for the players. All we can affect is how we conduct ourselves in the training pitch and how we, we prepare going into games. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Marvin Bartley. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! OK, let's talk football. What's happening with Eddie Howe? It's a good question, isn't it? Is he still Celtic banned? Uh, we've been making that assumption for some considerable time. Or is he holding off till the summer to make up his mind about which manager's job he's going to take? We will try to uh, pick away at those questions in the course of the next couple of hours. Uh, Marvin Bartley, you know Eddie Howe well. What's happening? You know. Somebody <laughs> must know. Tell us, please. <laughs> I've got no idea. You know, I'm reading the same things in the papers as you guys are. So, uh, yeah, I'm not privy to that information, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure what's happening. I'm sure Eddie and, and the club have obviously um, had discussions, but in terms of where it's going, I've got no idea. We're going to be speaking to Charlie Austin uh, later on. He was signed by Eddie Howe at Burnley a few years back. We'll see if he can help us with the answer to the question. What is happening? There won't be any fans at the Scottish Cup final next month. We were hoping, uh, with some supporters expected to be allowed into Hamden at the Euros, that that might happen. But it's UEFA preparations at the stadium, which mean that there can't be anyone in at the Cup final. Uh, the Premiership resumes this weekend. Rangers play Hibs on Sunday. Marvin's Livingston were at Celtic Park Saturday. Stephen Gerrard's team building up, of course, to the title trophy lift. Uh, and Craig Moore, there are two more old firm matches to come now after they were drawn together in the Scottish Cup. Yeah, no, so very, very exciting that there's obviously two more old firm games. Um, and I think with the way that the season's panned out, um, Rangers will be looking, obviously, you know, finish and, and win those games and really s cement what they've achieved this season. But it's also a wonderful opportunity for, for Celtic uh, to try and, I guess, start to, to turn the corner in regards uh, to next season. So certainly, um, you know, exciting games ahead and a lot to play for. Games uh, tonight, lots of football going on uh, uh, tonight. I mean, uh, every other day in Scottish football at the moment and uh, just guide you through what is happening uh, tonight in the way of fixtures in League One. Clyde against Forford, Dumbarton play East Fife, Stennis Muir against uh, Cowden Beath. Uh, games every couple of days. It really is uh, pretty tough going uh, for all these teams. Right, let's talk about uh, Celtic. John Kennedy has been talking uh, today and John Joe Kenny as well. The Celtic right back who's on loan from Everton. Uh, I wonder what his uh, future is going to be. Neither of them though too keen to get 
too far into uh, those sorts of discussions uh, when they were taking questions from the media today. And, uh, well, John Kennedy must be just sick to the back teeth of getting questions about the constant speculation and the decisions uh, that need to be made on high at Celtic. Everybody wants quick, quick answers and they want everything done right now. But if the club don't think they're making, you know, they've got the right person to, to come in and be the manager at the moment or whatever that might be, then they'll hold in that and they'll make sure they make the right decision at the right time. And ultimately for the long term, that becomes the most important thing. You know, it's not quick decisions, rash decisions that they're not 100% comfortable with. The club have been calm through this season. You know, they'll make the right decisions at the right times and we've got to trust them with that. Do you sympathise, Craig Moore, with John Kennedy? Yeah, I really, I really do because, as we know, every day there's there's fresh stories about uh, the the situation. Um, you know, there, there's going to be more twists and turns. Obviously, you know now the latest stuff. Uh, uh, you know, Eddie Howe might be the man, um, but it's not until the summer. Or, or is his agent just throwing uh, a little line or two out there to to get good promotion for his client? Um, for me, what is very, very clear, though, is um, if he was first choice, and I mean that, you know, that both Celtic and Eddie Howe thought this was the right thing, this would have happened a long, long time ago. He's been out of contract since August last season. Um, you know, now there's been there's talk about whether or not it's down to the, the sporting director at, at Bournemouth, and there's a lot of different stories, but... For John Kennedy, it must be an absolute nightmare. He just wants to focus on his playing group, getting the players ready and going out and performing and getting results and finishing the season in the best possible way. But until something is announced, he's going to get the questions day in, day out. He must be a man of infinite patience, Marv, because he, he seems to sit through those uh, news conf- conference after news conference at the moment, having to deliver the same answers and uh, trying desperately to, to sort of uh, keep a shape, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's admitted that he wants a job himself, hasn't he? Um, you know, he's spoken about it and, and a lot of people have earmarked him for the job. So for as long as Celtic don't have a manager, for as long as, you know, nothing's confirmed whether it's Eddie or somebody else, you know, he's still got a chance of getting the job. Um, and why should he not? You know, if he, if he goes on between now and the end of the season and nothing's still confirmed and does really, really well, who's to say that he doesn't get the job? So sitting in John Kennedy's position, I know it would be frustrating with the questions constantly coming, but also he's doing, you know, no harm to his reputation if he keeps on winning games. And that's probably the most important thing for him personally because whether he gets a job here or he doesn't get the job if he can go on to you know win, win the Scotch Cup for instance or you know have a run between now and the end of the season and winning league games then it does no no um, harm to his own reputation The speculation meantime goes on and on No I think uh, obviously most of the chat is taking place through the media uh, different streams and uh, there's a lot of speculation and, and that's the way it is you know in terms of managerial change and when there's no immediate appointment a lot of rumours start a lot of stories go around and that's the way it'll probably be till the club decide you know what the next step is with that but in terms of us it's just a case of focusing on the football um, our training our games preparing for that you know and let the, the hierarchy deal with the, the behind the scenes stuff Obviously, some things uh, can be going ahead and, and must be going ahead, but there are big decisions to be made, uh, which clearly are on hold. Obviously, then there's come the, the squad decisions in terms of players and, and everything else, but again, that'll need to be put on, on hold. But behind that, there's a lot of work that gets done in preparation to, to make sure whoever's making the decisions has got options and they'll sit down, obviously, at the right time and, uh, and clarify that and make those decisions. But, you know, in terms of... From a structural point of view behind it, things are in place. A manager, whoever it may be, would just come in on top of that and, and deal with what's in front of them. That's what's worrying the Celtic fans, isn't it, Craig? The, the fact that they could be uh, falling way behind schedule here. 
and, and, and already trying, as they would see it, trying to play catch up on Rangers. And potentially um, not having a lot of control in, in maybe the players that are going to be coming in. Like, so if you're already preparing, as John Kennedy has said, they're preparing so that basically managers just, just come into place and all the back end stuff, which is kind of the research and the recruitment and, and who's being released and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> No head coach wants to come into a, to a job uh, being told um, what he can and can't do, especially with the player recruitment, especially when there needs to be uh, a lot of change at the football club. So f- for me, until they can announce something, then there's no certainty or, um, or real ability to attract players to come to your football club. Yep, fair point. Um, there will be no fans inside Hampden Park for next month's Scottish Cup final. The 22nd of May showpiece uh, will be held just three weeks before 12,000 supporters will be able to watch Scotland's first match at the European Championships inside the same stadium. But the ground, uh, here's where when it's explained, uh, because that all sounds pretty logical up to that point, the ground comes under UEFA event control from the 14th of May and Europe's governing body will have already started uh, preparation work for Euro 2020, which of course is being played in 2021. Uh, Before the final, the Scottish Government uh, yesterday gave approval for Hamden to accommodate 25% of the stadium's capacity for the four matches which are scheduled uh, there during the finals. UEFA had given the 12 host cities until Wednesday to submit plans for fan attendance with the likelihood of some venues being switched if no guarantee could be given. A final decision uh, from the governing body is likely to come tomorrow with Scotland due to face the Czech Republic on the 14th of June. I guess Marv, a lot of people have just jumped to that conclusion, hadn't they? That uh, with fans being allowed in at the Euros, and, and there was talk, I think, of, of the cup final being used as a, as a test event mm. and it would have been nice to, to, to have thought that Livingston in your second cup <laughs> final of the season uh, would have had fans there. No, definitely. You know, I think we, we all lived in hope regardless of the two teams that are going to be in the final. We all want to see, you know, some sort of fans there. Um, I think it would have been a maybe fitting end to a very difficult, you know, period um, in football for not only players but fans also. So, yeah, it's disappointing to hear that. But obviously, you know, we understand it now once we've seen the reasons for it. Um, I think there was a lot of speculation that, like you said, it was going to be used as a test event. But, you know, it's not to be. Um, I think probably the most important thing now is that we do get the 25% of fans in for the Czech Republic v uh, Scotland game. Um, so, you know, people can get behind the boys and, and cheer them on in a, in a first major competition for, for a little while now. So I think that's the most important thing. If you would have said to, you know, any fans out there, do you want to rather have the cup final and no fans at the European Championships or the other way around? I think a, a high percentage would have chosen, you know, to support Scotland in that in that first game. I think it's 10 weeks away now, that first game against the, the Czech Republic, Craig. And, and it is great news, isn't it? I mean, uh, we'll, we'll take a, an empty Hamden for the cup final um, yeah. if we can have fans in for those two Scotland games at Hamden in particular and, and two other games to be played there as well. Yeah, no, look, I think um, we were all hoping that this was uh, was going to be the decision uh, in terms of um, you know having fans, uh, especially with the, with the home games uh, here in Scotland. So I think, look, I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, twenty five percent, which well, I don't know, ten twelve thousand um, for me will, will be a big difference to Scotland when they play. It'll be a huge support, um, and also you know for people that are just sitting watching these games at home as well. 
It's it's a better spectacle, you know, when you when you're hearing the the atmosphere at these kind of games to to the the fake false stuff that we're hearing um, through our screens at the moment. Yeah, um, you know, for me, really really excited. Fantastic news for I think for all fans, um, and hopefully it's a huge help to Scotland in what they can possibly achieve in the Euros. What do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about any of the big Scottish football talking points at the moment on the socials at Go Football Show? Uh, get in touch with us uh, via uh, that opportunity. You can text Go on your message to 87474 and the phone number is 0808 17 17 700. I'm sure lots of you uh, saw Rangers' uh, Glenn Kamara last night. We touched on it on the show last night, but we're going to talk about it again, saying uh, Glenn said he's received uh, racial abuse on social media every day since the controversial Europa League game with uh, Slavia Prague. Uh, Glenn Kamara alleging he was racially abused by Slavia's Andre Kudela uh, during that last 16 tie at Ibrox back on 18th of March. Kudela, who denies using racist language, has been uh, provisionally banned for one game uh, while UEFA investigating. Of course, that game is tonight against Arsenal, um, although it seems he wasn't going to be attending anyway for some reason or another, which means Police Scotland can't speak to him, uh, among other things. Uh, Glenn Kamara told ITV News last night in that interview, if I could go back to the time of the game, I'd walk off the pitch 100%. The manager was trying to get me off the pitch, but it was like I was on my own and I couldn't hear anybody. I had a lot of emotions going through my mind, angry, upset I felt humiliated all my family friends fans whoever was watching I was taken back a lot and I felt like a little boy I was at a point where I was so angry I had tears in my eyes it was uh, it was some interview last night Marv and uh, it was a story he wanted to tell he wanted to get his points across yeah and you know how upsetting is it to hear you know a 25 year old man you know speak about himself in in that way um talking about the the upset that he faced due to somebody's words um and you know listen uh, Glenn Kamara saying he, he would have walked off if he can go back in time I think as he said at that at that moment in time you just don't know where you are you really wouldn't know where you are you'd be you know feeling all, all the things that he's spoken about there and it's it's upsetting to, to see that interview and I know he's he's done such a great thing in coming out and talking about it and you know really letting everyone know his emotions um but it was it was a hard watch it was a hard watch because he shouldn't be going through this you know in 2021 and we're having these problems and they seem to be getting worse and you know not only now is it people you know sending you stuff but you've got a, a fellow player saying these things so no it was a hard watch but listen we all stand behind Glenn you know the, the Scottish football has been absolutely fantastic all the clubs have stood together mm-hmm. and you know now the Scottish FA are trying to press ahead and, and make sure this doesn't creep its way into, into our game um, so you know as I said we, we had a, a meeting yesterday um, with kind of the EDAB stuff and, and we're trying to press ahead um, we really don't want this to become the norm because at this moment in time the social media stuff it's, it's every day, you know, whether it's up here in Scotland or it's down down in England, you're seeing it every single day players are being abused and that's not something that we can allow to happen. So it's it's quite good that the Scottish FA are going ahead and pressing ahead with the, with the English FA and speaking to social media companies and, you know, the, the, the word accountability is the one that we're, we're massively on now. Marvin, I think... For me, the concern uh, with this, right? So we ask because there's more and more cases coming out daily, which is which is ridiculous. We're talking about it more, which is obviously fantastic. But it's almost almost as if like that that's encouraged people to 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 do the wrong thing um, yep. because we're like was it Valencia that walked off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, that's after the Kamara case. It's we need action. Yeah. We need action. Something has to happen of, uh, of, of a severe kind of punishment to really set the bar to say this 
is unacceptable. It will not be tolerated. And until UEFA, um, you know, make that bold step, then, like I said, my concern is there's, there seems to be more and more coming out. I think Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold also yeah. copped some, some abuse after the game against Real Madrid. It seems to be never-ending and it has to stop. But like you said there, because nobody's coming out and there's no punishments for it, I mean, all the racial abuse we've seen uh, via social media, like how many people have you seen charged? You know, it, it just doesn't happen. So what is happening now is that other people thinking, well, you can get away with that, so I'm just going to go and do it. Yeah. You know, players on the pitch do, doing the same thing. You know, this shouldn't be happening. Like you said, if UEFA came out and said you're banned for six months or you're banned for a year, I'm telling you now, that will stop it altogether. But why are you having these one-game provisional bans what, what, and whatever what is else? That, what is that one-game provisional ban all about? Well, exactly. I, I, I wish I knew. Um, what I'm hoping is that they're doing the investigation right now and he, he needs to miss today's game and they'll press ahead with it. But... I, I don't get it. I, I, you know, I've read it many times to try and make sense of it, and I really don't understand what's going on. But if UEFA don't come down heavily upon this person, if he is found guilty of doing mm-hmm. of doing this, then then what is the point? You know, and, and it's them basically saying they don't care about racism. You know, it means nothing to us. We'll give you a three game ban, and you'll be back in no time. And that's not what anybody wants to see. That was, I mean, that was three weeks ago, wasn't it? It happened. Yeah. Not a lot has happened in three weeks, considering it was fairly obvious what happened on the night. Yeah. No, and that's right. So for me, you know, these kind of there is a process in terms of investigating and you need to make sure that you come up uh, with the um, the right punishment because for me this is this is about the punishment i, I think you know i, I don't like to, to say people are uh, uh, guilty before uh, kind of proven but this it's very very clear that the wrong thing has taken place here um, so for me the investigation they need to be swift and the punishment when that comes it needs to be heavy. Mm-hmm. It needs to be heavy, Rob, because that's like I says, it's 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 horrible. Um, it they've, sh- they've been playing at it. It, it, shouldn't, they? it shouldn't be happening, and uh, we need we need to put a stop to it. Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Seems like we haven't been talking about the Premiership much for a while. Uh, Scottish Cup weekend last weekend. And it was a long weekend as well, wasn't it? It started in Dingwall on Friday night. It ended in Dumfries on Monday night. And it ended up with Marvin Barley and that amazing, with that amazing coat on. Was it white? Was it clean? <laughs> it's the one they're all talking about, Marv. Uh, it was cream, but it got very cold very quickly. Um, so <laughs> I, was, I was there, actually. Yeah. I was on the other side doing the radio, and uh, it was Baltic, wasn't it? Yeah, lucky enough, I had my dog walking jacket in the back of the car, so you know I managed to go and get that and, and wrap up a bit warmer. <laughs> so you're at Celtic Park this weekend? Yep, massive game. Um, you know, obviously the, the first after the split for us, so we're looking forward to it. Um, we know it's going to be difficult. Um, but you know we'll go there and give it everything we've got and, and see what we can get out of the game Remind us about the league table can you catch Aberdeen? We hope so while it's mathematically possible that's what we'll be aiming for you know we'll be looking up rather than down um, so as I said you know we'll go into Saturday's game and take it one game at a time and if we can get something out of that game then it will you know put us in good stead uh, going forward from there so Celtic, Livingston, Saturday, Hamilton against Dundee United. Uh, United uh, didn't quite make the top six, uh, but Hamilton are scrapping for their Premiership lives. Same goes for Kilmarnock against Ross County. Those two go head-to-head at Rugby Park. That is a massive match mm. on uh, Saturday, mm. isn't it? Motherwell against St Mirren. 
St Johnston play an Aberdeen side uh, who've managed two goals in 11 games and Callum Hendry scored them both <laughs> and Rangers play Hibs on Sunday and, and for the, the Rangers fans uh, and for the Rangers everyone in connected with Rangers Craig it's uh, counting down to that uh, trophy lift but also of course the Scottish Cup bubbling in the background Yeah, no, very much so like I said it's been a, a fantastic season and uh, I think everybody involved with the football club uh, also the fans obviously you know each game that comes there's, there's more and more excitement obviously uh, to the, the real celebrations come the end of the season but look, there's a lot of, a lot of tough games um, you know you still, you've got this split the start of the split so starting off with a, with a home game against Hibs who you know will be looking to try and confirm uh, their, their position they're, they're going to be third aren't they I mean they're seven, seven points yeah. ahead of Aberdeen with yeah. five games to go never say never say never in football anything yeah. is possible but yeah like like they'll, they'll be still looking for, for a good performance there but Rangers has, have been so dominant all season you'd like to think that they'll go on and, and do the job at home and you would also I think Marv look at how Hibs played on uh, Monday night down in Dumfries very impressive particularly second half uh, and you know if you're looking for signals about who's going to finish third you'd be pretty positive if you were a Hibs fan yeah definitely um, I think their second half display was absolutely fantastic um, you know they really blew away uh, Queen of the South on, on a difficult pitch with difficult conditions but you know some of their play in the second half was breathtaking and that's what they'll be looking to take now into the you know the, the game against Rangers. Um, as you said, they're seven points clear. But what you don't want to happen is you know Aberdeen to beat St Johnson on, on the Saturday and there's four points, and then you know Hibs to lose their game, and they still got to play each other. So yeah. it could be down to a point. So mm-hmm. you know they want to get it wrapped up as soon as possible. There won't be a player within that dressing room who think who thinks it's over because it's definitely not. Um, but yeah, they're definitely in pole position. You know, you'd rather be Hibs rather than Aberdeen at this moment in time, 100. percent Marvin Bartley, Craig Moore, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and Sean in Gothamlock as well. Hi, Sean. Hi there, Rob. Hi there, Marvin. Hi there, Craig. Hi, Sean. Well, I've, got I've got a wee question to ask Marvin and then we'll yeah. go into weekend football. Marvin, see in football and like, across um, like Europe, do you think racist, uh, racism is worse in football? Because I actually think it's getting out of control now, mate. Um, when you say in football, do you mean in terms of you know, player to player, or do you mean in terms of like the social media stuff? Like social media and like uh, players to player and that. Because I, I, I think it's a disgrace when it's actually colleagues are doing it to each other. Yeah. Um, firstly, talking about this kind of social media stuff, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, I think it's, it's got a lot, lot worse. Um, you know, I've been on social media for for a long time, uh, different platforms, and you know, over the probably last year to eighteen months, it's just you know, it's really got out of hand. Um, I think before there was a the, the people were definitely afraid of sending stuff because I think they thought they would be prosecuted for it. But when you see one person not prosecuted and then there's ten people and a hundred people and then everyone's sending it, um, you know, until the authorities do something about it, you know, how, how can we expect it to get better? Because you know people can yeah. make these fake accounts and send stuff and you know they they'll just move on with their days and you know the victim to their abuse you know has to live with that for a very long time. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely got worse recently for me in terms of the player stuff. Um, you know the, the incidents we have seen has been they've been heartbreaking. Um, you know, and again, I, I do I do think that's got worse. I'm not sure why players now think it's acceptable to say these things. Um, you know, we'd have to ask them personally. But yeah, you know, I've never heard anything from you know a colleague or, or an opposition player said to me or said to somebody else on, on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is getting worse as well. But you know, hopefully UEFA will stamp that out very very quickly. 
You know it's getting bad yeah. when uh, Thierry Henry appears on Newsnight. I mean, I, was, I I can't say I'm a regular viewer of Newsnight, but I switched it on last week, and and Thierry Henry was was on, and, and I mean he's taking a a, per, a a very individual stand, and maybe it will develop into something more than an, an individual stand because because he's coming off uh, social media social media um, in 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 his own protest, and and maybe you know could it could it head towards some sort of football boycott of, of social media if the social media uh, providers themselves, Craig, mm-hmm. don't take responsibility. Why not? I think that if you speak to um, you know majority of people involved in football and you turn around and said, um, this is unacceptable, this is a, the, the plan forward and we're going to come off these platforms, I think you'd get huge support uh, and something that certainly um, you know it might be a possibility. Uh, the longer that action is not taken, uh, the, the thing with online, like I said, you can you can come up with false identification, or sorry, false, uh, you know, names, and they're, they're faceless, yeah. you know. And for me, that that's uh, until well, it's cowardly, isn't it? Massively, because you know what you what you'll say on on, the, on a social platform, you would never say to someone's face, um, you know. And, and even with the the player to player stuff uh, stuff, Marvin, like I says, I mean, for me, there, there's still too much of it. Yeah. Um, it needs to be eradicated. Like I says, I mean, when you, we've all had heated moments on a football fit, uh, field and, and kind of say things to people, mm-hmm. but it should never ever be personal. It should never be about the colour of your skin. Uh, and and if that's the first thing that comes to your mind, then massive education is needed yeah. because there's a there's a massive underlying problem there. Could could it go that way, Marv? Could could it be some a large scale boycott? I mean, you know, it's a, it's a society issue. Let's let's not uh, yeah. make any bones about it. But but obviously, it's latching on to football big time yeah. at the moment. Um, were there to be more joining that campaign that that uh, Thierry Henry has launched into, could that could that help? Could that have an impact? Could that force? Decisions being made. Yeah, I mean that, that that's the talk that's kind of happened with you know, high-profile players, um, but not only football players. You know, sport in people all around the world. Yeah. You know, everyone's had enough of it. As you said, it's a um, problem in society, and it's something that we need to sort out. But it's not just footballers that are, are saying you know we'll come off it. I mean, you've got Lewis Hamilton saying the same thing. You've got you know tennis players, golfers, and it's not just black people who are saying they're coming off it either. You know, it's yeah. some of the biggest you know sporting stars around the world are saying, well, listen, if this doesn't sort itself out, then we're going to have to take you know matters into our own hands and. What you will find then is, you know, once social media companies realise that these people aren't posting and, you know, there's not as much interaction and whatever else, then, then they'll not do something about it. But as I've said all along, until it hits these companies financially, they don't care yeah. about it. They yeah. really don't care about it. It's all about numbers for them. That's the point, isn't it? It, it needs They need to feel a, a financial hit, don't they, before they feel forced into actually doing something about it. That's right. And, and, and eventually, like I said, that financial hit uh, will come and... And you won't get that back, yeah, because that's gone. Your business is gone, and the new platform or whatever it is, uh, and everyone's shifted. Everyone's shifted because of the the lack of um, action that's been taken, not been taken. Um, so you know it is, and, and it, will hurt, it will hurt once they once they start losing their money uh, and it impacts their pockets, Rob. Yeah, it's a completely different situation or scenario for them. Thanks for asking about that, Sean. Uh, what else would you like to to talk about tonight? Well, just before we finish that, I was, I was listening to Talksport. I didn't phone Talksport in last week or that. And what Jim White and Simon, um, Simon were saying on it, what you should actually need to go into social media, you should need to do some sort of ID, your passport, your yeah. driving license. Yeah. And if you're no longer to do that, you, you'll not get on. And then that means it needs to convey fake, uh, fake um, channels in that. So it means if empty's racist, they, they notify um, the local police force. And it's mm. like somebody's on 20 minutes and yeah. they're arrested. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, needs, uh, it needs to be tightened up, that's for sure. Yeah, they're doing yep, that in yep, Australia. Yep. They're actually doing that in, in in Australia now as well. It's normally a hundred points, you know, for your for your identification to get approved for for things online, for mortgages, for for all these kind of things. And and I've seen an announcement recently in Australia that that's what they were looking at doing for the the social media platforms, that you had to um, you know qualify for the for the points and all those kind of things. Therefore, these companies um, have access, and and more importantly, the people that need to chase up these issues have got the details of these people. Yeah, I'm just uh, even as we're speaking about it, I'm, I'm looking at the the TV screen in the studio, which which has got Sky Sports News on, and and we're we're hearing that Birmingham City are joining Swansea's campaign to boycott social media for a week from six pm tonight in in response to what we're talking about online abuse and, and discrimination. So I mean, it, the the reaction to this is certainly growing dramatically, Marv, isn't that at the moment? Yeah, and and the reason is because we're frustrated. You know, everybody's frustrated with it. Um, the authorities, as we keep talking about, they're not doing anything about it. And Sean makes the point there about you know verifying your accounts. And I've heard people say, well, I don't want to verify my account. Well, give me the option to say that only people who are, have verified their accounts, they're the ones that can message me. Or the only people that can write on my uh, on my pictures or on mm. my posts. You know, give me the option to do that because I don't want to be abused. And if you do abuse me and if you do racially abuse me, then as Sean said, you know, I can report it and then something can be done about it. So if you don't want to verify your account, that's fine. You can still use the platform the same way, but you can't write on my post. Why do you even want to write on my post about verifying yourself anyway? Unless you've got something to hide, who will care about it um, in terms of verification? So it's something that they should press ahead with. But as we've said now, you know, there's so many fake profiles out there. There's so many profiles that will suddenly disappear and the numbers will drop off these social media platforms and then the adverts become, you know, um, they get less for the adverts and stuff on there. So they don't want to do this because I think... I think there was like 7 million fake profiles. I think it was Instagram only last year. I mean, mm. 7 million. Wow. It's, it's, it's scary stuff. So they don't want to, you know, wipe these people out by making them verify. Because what they realise is that the platforms aren't as big as what they're you know, portraying to other people. And, and that's the problem. Glenn Kamara spoke really well, Craig, didn't he, yeah. last night, um, explaining just the, dam- the damage it does, the mm. damage to him, yeah. but all his family and friends as well who are, who are all feeling this really badly. Yeah, and and again, un- unfortunately for uh, for Kamara, it's it's something he's experienced at this level that you would think shouldn't be possible. Um, on the back of uh, uh, you know abuse, uh, racial abuse, for the majority of his life, um, and for me that that's you know that's the sad part. You know that these kind of things have been happening for for a long period of time, and then you kind of get to to a certain level where you'd like to think that. This is not going to be tolerated. It's not going to be accepted. And all of a sudden, it is, and it, and it happens in front of millions and millions of people. So that embarrassment um, and the way that, that Glenn feels, um, I, I can't explain it. I've never, I've never been in, the, in that situation. But what I do know is it's, it's bang out of order. Um, it's gutless from the people that, that do these kind of things. Um, whether it be online, but this was a player. This was a player again that knew exactly what he what he was doing. And you know, I do need to be a little bit careful because there's still an ongoing case. But it's very very clear that the wrong thing was said to Kamara, and it hugely affected um, his mentality, his emotion, obviously. And hindsight, maybe maybe he does walk off. Maybe Rangers yeah. do walk off, as as did Valencia. But yeah, he wishes he, he had done, obviously. But, but yeah. uh, there must have been so much going through. Yeah, the lads well, it's easier said than done, oh, isn't it? Of course, one hundred percent. You know, as I said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, and Glenn speaking about, it, he should have walked off. But 
I'm telling you, that time when that, that happened, he wouldn't have even known where he was. I think he even said something along the lines of that. He'd have been so confused and all the emotions from, you know, being upset to being angry to, you know, probably wanting to lash out to thinking, like, has he really just said that and mm. replaying it in his mind? And before you know it, you know, if, you know like two, three, four minutes have gone. Um, so it's such a difficult thing. As I said, you know, luckily enough, I've never been on receiving end like Glenn has and, you know, I've had a video and whatever else. But these things, yeah. they're long lasting. And there's no doubt about it. His family, you know, I know Glenn's family don't live up here with him when I was talking about his parents and stuff. Yeah. And they would have been thinking, that's their son, you know. And regardless if he's 25 years of age or not, that, that's still somebody's son. So his mum would have been worried about him now. His family would be worried about him. He'll be at home thinking, you know, it, it takes your confidence. It really does. Why should your skin colour take your confidence? But it does when you get them, that sort of abuse. And, and Marvin, I think, so the next, unfortunately, right, so... If that happens again on a football field and again we've not dealt, there's not been action. Leadership is about leading, taking action. Um, if someone said that to you on the street, mm-hmm. you would attack him. Yeah, you would attack him. Mm-hmm. That will happen on the football field if yeah. we don't stop it now. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that that that's that's an, that's a, that's how this can actually spiral even more out of control. Yeah, and, I, what, and what are the chances, Marva, of uh, the social media providers taking responsibility? <sighs> You know, <laughs> I live in hope. Let's let's put it that way. I do live in hope. I think that, you know, maybe one or two are now realising, you know, a year probably too late, but they are realising that there's a huge, huge problem about it and they need to do something about it. Um, you know, I do think the first social media platform to to kind of eradicate this and stop. I don't know why you can even use certain words. I don't know why you can type these words in and press send. I don't know why it allows you to do that. But the first one to almost get their own house in order, I think what you will see is a lot of people going across to that platform where they feel a lot safer. And let's be honest, you know, a lot of people are on social media to speak to football players or, you know, sports stars. Otherwise, they would have no interaction with them, you know. So... I think once, you know, players and other sporting stars and people move across to one platform, I think you see the general public do the same thing. And, and as Craig says, once those numbers start to go and start to dwindle on your platform, you'll never get them back. So, you know, for any social media company out there, I think you want to be the first one doing this um, rather than the last one. Sean, thanks for your call, uh, which continued us on a, a massive uh, talking point. It would be great if we didn't have to, to talk about it, but it is a big issue and it's one which certainly needs to be addressed. Thanks, Sean. All the best. Cheers, Sean. Uh, that was Sean in Gareth Amlock, and you can do what he did and join the football discussion on 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. That's Chris with the travel. Thanks for that. Uh, this is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Marvin Bartley, Craig Moore, Rob McLean at your service tonight. And you can join us, get involved in the football chat. We just love talking football. It's what we do. And it's what you like listening to as well. Doing it in ever bigger numbers. Be it live on the radio or be it catching up on the podcast. The downloads figures just go up and up and up 0808 17 17 700 uh, if you want to uh, get involved and uh, join us be our guests uh, looking ahead to the Premiership weekend of course uh, Celtic Livingston Hamilton Dundee United Kilmarnock Ross County Motherwell St Mirren St Johnson Aberdeen those are the Saturday games and on Sunday it is Rangers against Hibs having emerged of course from uh, that long weekend that was the third round of the Scottish
Scottish Cup and of course in the midst of it all uh, the draw was made for the not just the next round but the one after as well Marv so you know exactly once you win at Pataudry who you play next <laughs> yeah our route our route has been uh, mapped out for us already so uh, as you said is, is it Motherwell or Morton um, no, 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 no. So you don't know, do you? Dundee. It's four for Dundee United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah four Who for was Dundee. I thinking about? Yeah. No, I was thinking about Hibs, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got released from there a little while ago now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'll go back someday. Yeah. I've, got, I've, got, I've got a little feeling you might be back there at some stage. How do you feel, though, when, when the draw comes out and it's, and it's Rangers against Celtic in the fourth round and you realise that, yeah, you might have to play one of them, but you're not going to have to play both of them? Yeah, as a, as a player, you think, you know, your chances have been enhanced massively, you know, when you see them drawn together 100% because, you know, when the numbers are coming out, one thing you don't want is is either of their numbers to come out. But even as a football fan, you know, a fan of like the Scottish game, you, you want to see that game anyway. And I know a lot of people say, oh, I'll wait for the final. No, I want to see it now, you know, and, and just so happens that if we beat Aberdeen now, you know, you know, you're going to avoid them. Uh, you know, one of Celtic or Rangers are going to go out, so you're going to avoid one of them, which is, you know, ideal for us. Yeah, lots of teams uh, like Livingston uh, will look at that and think, of course, it's not going to be easy to get back to, to the final. In Livingston's no. case, get back to the, another final. Yeah, yeah. In, in other cases, to get to a final at all. But but it does make it that little bit more straightforward. No, and I, I was also very interested to hear Marvin's uh, answer there because, look, I know as players you don't like to look too far ahead and the way that the messaging and all that sort of stuff comes out. But the listeners, you know, like I, I guess would love to know that do you at times kind of dream a little bit you do you know because one of the big teams are going to go out and potentially if Livy get a result against Aberdeen another big side are out that's a real opportunity not only for a Livingston but for other teams in the competition yeah. to have a chance at Silverware the Scottish Cup an unbelievable tournament you've won that a few times haven't you apparently, apparently <laughs> <laughs> just can't remember it's just alleged <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah. Craig says there, you know, he's 100% right. You know, you get that buzz about yourselves. And, and one thing you can't do is obviously, you know, get ahead of yourselves. We've got a huge game against Aberdeen uh, where we'll go into it being the underdogs. But still, you you know, you want Celtic or Rangers. You want them to be drawn against each other. It's like in the League Cup, you know, when uh, St Mirren beat Rangers. We were cheering. Yeah, of you know, course. The, because not that we knew we had St Mirren next because the draw hadn't been made, but we were so happy to think we don't have to actually play them. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've got yeah. a massive chance yeah. here. And then, yeah, we get to the final and get beat by St. Johnson anyway. So yeah. <laughs> it made no difference. Yeah. But it's interesting that game that you've got against Aberdeen at Pataudry because if all things were equal at the moment and you were looking at how the two teams were playing uh, and Livingston have won at Pataudry recently, you, you would think that Livy are probably actually favourites, even though Aberdeen have the home advantage in that tie. And then you remember, of course, that it's going to be the first match in charge for Stephen Glass and, and Aberdeen will be hoping that they get a, a major bounce from that. I think Alan Russell will be involved at that stage as well. Mm -hmm, as, mm -hmm. as He'll come in as part of the coaching setup. He's yep. the England strikers coach at the moment. No Scott Brown, of course, till the end of the season. Yep. But Aberdeen will be looking for the lift um, that they badly need because although they limped through at Dumbarton on Dumbarton. Saturday, well, you called that uh, one, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. and, and, it, and it, it just wasn't very impressive, was it, from yeah. them? Well, it wasn't. They had, they had a lot of, I wouldn't say chances. Right? They had a, a lot of opportunities within their game. That, that a game probably their their problem this season has has not been ruthless enough in front of goals. Not not maybe made the best decisions in that final third. Uh, and that's hurt them confidence-wise, you know, in terms of really being able to put a team to the sword and go on with a job. Now, eventually they got the deserved result, uh, but it, it took a it took a late goal, you know. So, new manager coming in and Stephen Glass, who obviously um, you know knows the football club inside out. You know, spent a lot of time from my days. Obviously, remember Stephen Glass as, as a player. Um, yeah, they, they, you can have an immediate 
lift when you come into a football club or, you, you know, you can have that one where, you know, people see that there's slowly a, a change in a, in, a, in a new manager in the style of play or, or what he's looking to do or the personnel and it takes a little bit of time. At the end of the day, Marvin knows it's, a, it's going to be a highly competitive match. I'm pretty sure he'll have Aberdeen as favourites. Yeah, um, I knew you were going to disagree with me <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I installed yeah. you mob as favourites in that game. Yeah, no, they 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 have to be favourites. They're the home team, and, yeah. and this yeah, is but the thing. Fans. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. But the, the thing is with them, you're waiting for that. Don't spark tell to me happen. it's a tough trip up no. to the northeast <laughs> or something like that. Is it? They've got some very good players. There. You look within their, their starting eleven and within their squad. There's some very good players there. So uh, at one point, it's going to click. And, you know, with a new manager coming in and players realising, you know, we've got four or five games to, to impress them, mm. and that's not what you need. You know, I'd rather them come in the week after that, if I'm, if I'm being perfectly honest yeah. with you. So it's, it's going it's, it's to be a tough game. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, once that Aberdeen team does click, then, you know, someone is going to be, you know, pay a heavy price against them. But I'm just hoping it's not against us. And, you know, we can go out there and, and make it a horrible game for them and, and, and get through. One team that I've got a little sneaky feeling about... Um, on the basis that one of uh, Rangers and Celtic are going out in the next round and they might just uh, go a fair way into this competition is St Mirren, Craig. Uh, I know the producer will be happy about oh, that. Jump, uh, jumping uh, up and down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, 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 won, uh, they won much more handsomely than I thought they would in what looked a tough game at Hamilton. Uh, they won 3-0 mm-hmm. in that game, scored a couple of really good goals yeah. as well. And I just wonder whether they could be uh, one of the dark horses in the competition. Well, why not? They've they've kind of shown everybody in the League Cup that they can take uh, a decent scalp, you know, knocking mm. out Rangers obviously in, in that competition. And you know, Jim Goodwin does does a fantastic job with the with the team that he has there. Uh, you know, really really honest, hardworking side that look to play the game in the right manner. Um, and again, like I says, with the way that the draw uh, has fallen, um, there is opportunity. And and St Mirren are a team. Um, I don't disagree. I sometimes I disagree with Rob, but this time maybe not like there's a, <laughs> no, I feel free. Uh, uh, no, like again, they'll be looking at it and thinking, you know, what a wonderful opportunity to kind of extend our our run in the competition, and, and let's see if we can get to the pointy end. One thing that grabbed me at the weekend, uh, trying to catch up. Well, I, I was obviously working on a fair few of the games, but actually trying to keep track of the the highlights as well. And I watched that Dundee United Park Thistle game, and I could not believe <laughs> that decision to allow Dundee United's winning goal. How did that happen, Marv? Did I dream that, or did that actually happen? No, I've watched it so many times, so many times. I just don't understand. The referee has a perfect position. I don't it understand. Steve, it was Stephen McLean, wasn't it? The yeah, referee? Yeah. yeah. I don't understand how he how he missed it. I really don't. It's a clear push in the back. And it's so dangerous as well because, you know, the defender's in the air, by the way, and the goalkeeper's coming running out and he's in the air, you know, and you're pushing him in the back. They're lucky they didn't get hurt, basically. Um, Yeah, for the referee to just say play on and give the goal, um, you know, I think you saw uh, Ian McCall's um, after the game, his interview, uh, you know, absolutely raging. And rightly so, by the way, rightly so, um, because it was a shocking decision and, you know, I, th- I think the ref will look back on that and say, Do you know what, I've made a, I've made a huge mistake here. And hopefully he's contacted the club and said, Do you know what, because they are human at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, they, they will make mistakes. They make less mistakes in the game than, than I do as a player. So, yeah. you know, I can't be too harsh on them. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure he would have, you know, spoke to them in the week, said, listen, I've made a huge mistake here and I apologise. Not that it changes the result, but at least as a manager can say, Do you know what, he's admitted to his mistake and we can all move on from it. 
I think, it was, I think it was stoppage time oh, yeah. at Sanadice. It oh. was that the match looked to be heading into extra time. So Partick Thistle had every chance. I think they dominated the first half. In fact, they'd they'd been the better team at that stage, and they they had the prospect they thought of yeah. of half an hour to or maybe penalties even mm. to to sort out. Suddenly they're out, and Ian McCall I think was making the point afterwards that you know you're talking here about players' livelihoods. I think some yeah. of his players have taken hefty pay cuts and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and one really bad decision costs them big time because had they gone forward in the cup, yes, there's there's, there's no crowds inside, yeah, yeah, so, so there's no money to be made on, on, on that. But but there is money to be made in term prize t- money television and television money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a look. Dun- and Dundee United, of course, are live on on TV in the in the next round <laughs> yeah, of the and, competition. And in all in all honesty, I only had to watch it once. Yeah. To, to say that as soon as I watched it first time I got pe- uh, not penalty I got free kick that's a definite that's a definite shove and, and Clark must have been like that when, he, when he's eventually tapped the ball into an empty net thinking surely that's getting called up I mean yeah. it was just that yeah. <laughs> it was so obvious yeah. that it was a, a free kick I could not yeah. believe that it, it, it wasn't given and you know heartache for, for Partick Thistle because you're right you, you start going into extra time real Mm. Anything's possible. Yeah. Anything's yeah. possible. You know, a mistake or whatever, or even it, you know, it goes uh, to penalty shootout. It's a like a you know, it's a, it's a lottery kind of and thing. It, so, and, and it does bring up the the talk about refereeing and standards and all the rest of it. There seems to be lots of bad decisions um, this season. Uh, and Jim Goodwin, the St Mirren manager, was talking today uh, about the push towards full time referees. Referees have got very good, steady occupations that they've worked hard to get into, but. Um, I do think if you opened it up and made it a full-time job, then I think you'd get inundated with a, a number of applicants uh, and, and maybe even some ex-players as well. I think it's a, it would be a great opportunity for ex-players who can't necessarily get into the coaching side of things, but to stay in the game in an officiating uh, way would be good as well. So, no, the money's there. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, we're, we're running around at the moment with a lot of referees really getting paid more money than some of the players on the park um, in, in some instances. So, you know, I think going down the full-time route would be a, a positive step. And is it right to think, Marv, that, that part-time players become better when they go full-time just because they're, they're, they're doing it on a daily basis and, and it would be the same for referees? Yeah, of course. You know, anyone who's, you know, part-time in the job is not going to be as good as they possibly could be if they were full-time. Um, and, and I definitely agree with Jim there. I think it's, it's time now that we kind of catch up with the rest of Europe because a high percentage of referees, you know, in, in the other major leagues are full-time and, and, and allow our referees to be full-time because we're quick to jump on them when they make mistakes. Mm. But we have to remember this is a, it's a part-time job, so they're not, you know, as good as they possibly could be or, or should be. So, yeah, I think we definitely need to, to have full-time referees and it's going to take the standard of our game up as well because there's going to be less mistakes made by the referees, which makes for a fairer game. And as you say, we don't need VAR. We didn't need VAR on that occasion, Craig. You just needed a quick look at a monitor beside the pitch yeah. on the wide angle or, yeah. or anything that would have told you it was a foul. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting one that Jim Goodwin touches on because there may have been players that have taken uh, courses for refereeing, yeah. but I don't know of one that's actually become a, mm-hmm. a, a ref. Um, look, obviously for a referee, a good referee, and you'll know, Marvin, yeah. the, the good referees that you've had, they've got a little bit of banter. Yeah. Right? They know how to manage the game and let it flow. And they obviously know the rules and make good decisions. <laughs> uh, it's not rocket science, uh, but sometimes the ones that wind us up as, as players is is the referee that you can't talk to yeah. that's got that arrogance and it's like the hand. That, uh, come on, like it's, uh, that's when I feel as if I was back at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 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 management, um, and like I said, full time. We had it in Australia. We had the same issue. Part time referees, disaster. 
they went full time. Yeah, okay, they didn't have ten full time referees, yeah. but you know they went three or four full time referees, and then all of a sudden there can be accountability because it's now professional yeah. full time mistake. That mistake gets punished, and there's you're stood down for two games. Like it's hard when it's part time. Yeah, yeah, of course. It really, it really is. But it's an interesting one. I've seen it in other codes where players have gone on to then go and umpire, and, mm-hmm. and because of that nous, because of that involvement yeah. and experience of the game, it would be a huge benefit. We haven't talked to Eddie Howe for a while. We'll sort that after the news at six. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, there's another hour of football chat on the way Glasgow's own. Go Radio, Monday to Friday, five till seven. Talking football, it's what we like to do. And we've been certainly talking plenty of late about Eddie Howe. I've had a quid for every time I've mentioned his name uh, in the last few months. I believe retired by now, to be perfectly honest. Uh, But still the speculation goes on. Still there's nothing hard and fast about whether he is going to become the new Celtic manager or head coach. Uh, We did hear the other day that he was house hunting. That's that's one you generally pick up in the the tabloids, isn't it? Yeah, we spotted him. He was out. (laughs) Oh, it must be happening then. He's he's been out looking looking at houses. And then, of course, next we heard attributed to his agent um, the fact that uh, maybe he was holding off and he was going to do nothing until the summer Uh, and you do get the feeling Celtic have to be doing something uh, pretty quickly uh, to try to get things sorted out and organised for next season and to try to come back at Rangers who are of course the champions for this season it's Rob McLean in the studio with Marvin Bartley and Craig Moore and I'm happy to say we are joined on the line by Queen's Park Rangers striker he's on loan from West Brom at the moment with uh, QPR uh, Charlie Austin is with us hi Charlie hi chaps you okay yeah very good thanks are you in good fettle has it been a has it been a good day entry for you yeah, nice and nice and steady. I had the first <laughs> two out of three, and that was it. And the first two out of three, and I've just been watching the golf. <laughs> All right, okay, good man. Um, tell us about Eddie Howe, because obviously uh, Charlie uh, he signed you uh, for Burnley, and then of course he tried to take you after that to to Bournemouth when he went back to Bournemouth as well. So, so he's a he's a man and a manager that you know pretty well. Yeah, do you know what? he's a a very good manager, very good coach, and he's probably he's someone that got my career started, worked on stuff that I needed to. And if you look at the project that's now there at Celtic, that it is going to be a project because it's not going to be a, a quick turnaround. It's probably going to be a two, three year stint before they get try and get back on top of Rangers. He, he's the man for me. Are you sure it was him that got your career going? Because Marvin Bartley's claiming that as well. <laughs> He, my, he was there, me and him side by side, <laughs> Rob. He was the man. 
Chaz, you're talking about Eddie Howe developing players and stuff and, you know, a lot of the yeah. stuff that people don't actually see is the, obviously when you used to go in at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, when you used to call the, the sessions before training and, and me and you used to have to go down at nine in the morning and almost be embarrassed, didn't we, by the, you know, the older pros who would be coming in after us. But in terms of your game, I think he made a, a huge difference because, yeah, you had scored the goals at Swindon, but when you came into Burnley, which was, you know, a division higher, um, a team looking go, to go back to the Premier League, you kind of took it in your stride. Yeah, but I was raw. I was raw then, and he kind of, like you say, he worked with me before training and after. And like you say, it was almost at the start. It was embar- It was almost embarrassing because you was getting that extra from from the gaffer, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean from yeah. Eddie? And then all of a sudden, it was like you see how much it was helping your game. It was like, well, I'm not worried about them. If this is what he wants to do for me, it's getting the best out of me, and it was perfect. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And look, if you was a youngster, if you was a youngster at Celtic and you see that Eddie L was linked to come in, let me tell you, it was definitely an exciting time, Muff. Yeah, no, 100%, like you said, 100%. And more players began to join in, didn't they? He, he, he kind of created a culture by using us two, as not, not the guinea pigs, but us two at first. And then more and more boys started to come earlier. Come, but then it comes a fe- infectious, Muff. If you see, like, I was doing well on the pitch, you was doing well on the pitch, then other lads are thinking, hang on a minute... Well, I, I can buy into that. And then all of a sudden, you had everybody doing extras, didn't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kieran Trippier, Ben, me, Junior Stanislas. You almost, we'd done the session and everyone broke off into their little groups doing extras. And like I say, that was just something that Eddie's coaching style was. And when, when you get that kind of culture, then everyone buys into that, you, you're almost a force to be reckoned with. Is there something, Charlie, that sets him apart from other managers, his own individual style? I think so. He just he, everybody has their own individual qualities, don't they? But just for me, I just, I just thought he was brilliant. He, he looks at what you he looks at your your good points and your weak points, but he brushes up the weak points, but makes sure he strengthens your strengths yeah. more than anything <clears throat> to make sure your nuts and bolts of your game is is clean. But then all your strengths is is hundred percent. He worked on my head in my right foot finishing movement in the box, and I just felt like my game just went to the next level with him. What's your take, Charlie, at the moment on what is happening with Eddie Howe? We keep hearing mixed messages. I don't know, but I, listen, I, I think it'd be great if, if he's there and the opportunity's there for him to go and grab it. I think it, it'll be something that he's, he'd be willing to do. I see a couple of people say uh, Celtic's too big for Eddie, etc., etc. But you look back over the past 10, 10 years of what managers they've had, Eddie will fit in there and he'll be the best one suited for the job. It's like I said, it's going to be a rebuild. Celtic are a rebuild. It's going to be a project. They're not going to overturn it in one season, are they? Let's be honest. So he'd be the, the perfect manager to go in there and rebuild Celtic Football Club, give him two, three years, and then watch. They'll be back there trying to land a glove on Rangers. Because it, let's be honest, as we're all football people, we know it's not going. To, it's not a. It's not an overnight job, the Celtic one at the moment, is no, it? No. And there was talk of him bringing in Richard Hughes with him as as director of football. Does all that make sense to you? Yeah, because Eddie's quite a loyal bloke and he would keep his personnel close to him and people that he can trust. And when you're going into a football club like Celtic and a bit of an unknown for him, from obviously being down south to going up there to Celtic, he'd want the people that he trusts most close to him. I think the biggest thing for him will be is obviously the the format of trying to win every week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Demand from the Celtic fans yeah. to win every week. There's no There's no getting away from that. Rob, I think that is that is the be on end. Or Celtic are expected to win every week, um, yeah. and I think for any manager going in there, that's what they have to get used to. 
I mean, that's the thing, Craig Moore, which you know well from your time at Rangers as well. It, there, there's no warming up period here. No. You have to hit the ground running. The old firm, every every week, every game is, is a must win. Uh, you're only a, a game away from it being an absolute disaster. That's just uh, the way it is up here. Um, Charlie, I, I find it very interesting. Um, you know, when I look at the Celtic team now, I'm probably... You're touching on how how he he done the individual parts with the players, and he seems more uh, well the ability to to coach um, as well as manage. But I actually feel that probably Celtic are in a position where they do need a, a coach because they've got some players that potentially might stay at the football club that need rebuilt. But you also touch on the weaknesses and strengths that he could improve upon, and he did that with you. Yeah, and I think the. The thing is, is, he would look at it not just on individuals, but he would look at the whole team's weaknesses as well as their strengths, and he will build on both of them, and he'll bring it all up, to, bring it all to, together as one. I just think that with, with him, his style of management, it actually will suit Celtic. And when you look at the job that he actually done at Bournemouth, yep. it's it was not. It's no, I'm not comparing the teams at all. But you look at the job that he done. He re- rebuilt Bournemouth from a club that was in League One and got them into the Premier League, probably stayed a season too long in the Premier League with Bournemouth mm-hmm. and should have left with his head held high for the season before. I, it's, well, for me, he's perfect for Celtic. He really is. If you're needing a, a club to go on a rebuild and do a bit of a project and get back to where they, where they, they need to be on top of Rangers, that's, that's the ultimate goal for them, then he's the perfect man for the job. One question that comes screaming out, though, is at the moment. I mean, Neil Lennon uh, is long gone as the Celtic manager, and John Kennedy's been the been the stand-in now for a while and uh, fielding all sorts of questions he could do without media conferences. Um, Eddie Howe's been out of work for a long time. Why why has this not happened before now? If you know, if what if if Celtic are looking for a manager and he's looking for a job? Yeah, but maybe because he wants to get the season overdone and start afresh, so it's not. John Kennedy team, it's not Neil Lennon's team, it's not the old the old guard. Celtic would have had their ideas what they're going to do in the summer. Eddie will have his plans already in place what he's going to do in the summer if he's to come in and be the head coach at Celtic. And as soon as the season's finished, then they start afresh and a real rebuild from day one after the season's finished. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's almost going on. The speculation John Kennedy doesn't need, he doesn't need. He'd probably be fed up having a conversation, like you say, every time you said Eddie Howe, you'd be, you'd be <laughs> yeah. able to retire. He'd probably, he'd probably be the same with keep up getting asked that question, you know. So, like I say, Celtic are probably wanting the season to finish as quickly as possible. And then as of that final whistle on the final day, the next day, 9 o'clock in the morning, Celtic are ready to go to rebuild. Because let's be honest, we all know it's a project now, isn't it? It's not going to be a... It's not an overnight thing for Celtic. Uh, but, Charlie, the issue... The issue that Celtic have, I totally understand what you're saying, but I think as a club, and, and you're a player, so you know what it's like. So all of a sudden, if Celtic are interested in you, the first question you're going to ask is, who's the manager for next season? So I, I think that's some, yeah. I think it's something that they still need to address. And, and yeah, well, I, I think they've got it sorted, bro. I think they've got it sorted, Craig. I do. They're not going to come out and tell you Eddie Howe's going to be the manager or they've got someone else lined up ASAP now. It wouldn't surprise me the day after the season or two days after they announce a manager. It really wouldn't. Does that mean you're coming to Scotland, Chaz? Does that mean you're coming to Scotland? You'll only be 32, mate. There's still some goals left in those legs. (laughs) You know me. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me that they they announce a manager two days, a day after the season or two days after. Because as a player, you're right, Craig, you'd be asking, right, who's my manager? 
because the club, am I a manager signing or am I a club signing? Yep. And that's what that's what it needs to be. It needs to be the manager signing. If a new manager's coming in, it, he he would want to put his of course his stamp on it. Yeah. Let's just add to that speculation then about Eddie Howe. Charlie Austin's coming as well. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would you look in hoops, Charlie? Go to the fire, chap. You got it in you, mate. You got another couple of years. So, so would your Char- <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Charlie, would you would your reading of the situation be then at the moment that although on the face of it there seems to be nothing going on and we're getting these constant uh, rumours, one that clashes with the other that, that actually Eddie Howe could be very much involved behind the scenes at the moment before publicly he comes in to, to take the reins I, I think so because what what's he if he comes in now say he comes in how many games are left in the season in the SPL well f- five, oh. five league games plus whatever uh, happens in the Scottish Cup yeah exactly so it's not like he's going to put his stamp on it now no, he's yeah. not going to change anything it might no. win a tr- so it wouldn't surprise me that's what's going on it really wouldn't, because it's the for- it, it it's really the, wouldn't. It, it's the forward planning that that is, is needing to be done at, at Celtic, isn't it? Because you can't start that at the end of May or the start of June. That that there has there have to be pieces in place now. But you need your manager and your your director of football involved in all of that, Marv, but, don't but, you? Yeah, but like what Charlie's saying there, um, you know, if Eddie Howe or a manager knows he's getting this job, he'll be having these conversations in private. If he wants to say sign me, for instance. He'll be saying to me, I'm going to... Is this another next- rumour? No, 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 listen, <laughs> definitely not. Don't get the Celtic fans angry with Marvin Bartley lining up there. Um, no, but I mean, if he, want, you know, if he wanted to sign me, for example, he'll be saying, I'm taking over Celtic next season. We'll be saying to my agent, and my agent will be saying, right, this is the situation. Has to stay like, like, hush-hush at this moment in time. Season finishes, and then the signings are complete. There's no way... Don't think that, you know, whoever the new manager is going to be, no matter who it's going to be, if they know they're getting this job, don't think they're going to start working as soon as we know they're the manager. All this work will be put in place right now. You know, and and, and that's what Eddie Howe, if it is him, I'm not saying it is him because I don't know, but if it is him, he'll be doing these things right now. And people who he wants to bring in will know he wants to bring them in. And, you know, you probably see there's five or six signings might be made already. If he'd got the job maybe a week ago or known a week ago, these signings might already be in place. And what you'll see, as Charlie Mm -hmm. said, season will finish, he'll get announced, a few days later, all these players will come in and, you know, start to try to gel it all together. He won't be waiting until it's announced to us, the public, to start working. No chance. Because there's been, uh, Charlie, talk about Josh King for just to throw one name into the frame and obviously a, a player he knows well from Bournemouth. The thing, yeah, exactly. And he's got such a good reputation with, as a manager, a coach and as players. Players want to play for him. So as soon as you see him go to a big club like Celtic, it, he'll be able to call them in players that he trusts. Mm. That'll be the biggest thing, getting players in that he trusts. Josh King will be someone that he trusts and he's a, a very talented footballer, he's an international footballer. And it, there, he'll be a number of players linked with Celtic. If Eddie got the job, there'll be a long list of players linked with linked with him. And I just feel that no, whatever manager was going to go in there, that's going to go in there, they it wouldn't surprise they already know. Neil Lennon's been gone for a few weeks now. Yeah. Um, and Celtic are on the rebuild from the moment that happened. They're making changes at the football club, and I, I think they'll make giant strides soon as soon as the season's finished. They'll put it all into action. And your feeling is that Eddie Howe has got the right sort of mentality to be able to adjust from the jobs he's had, uh, where the expectations w- were considerably lower than they would be at Celtic uh, in the in the context of, of Scottish football, where uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you don't win every most games, you know, you're a failure. 
But I don't think you can set yourself up for that. Unless you manage for a top side, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, down in England, you actually can't set yourself up for that. I think you know, you know yourself what it's going to be like to be on a level going in to be a Celtic manager because you've got to win every week. But the moment you actually take the job on, there's more pressure. And that is it. I don't actually think you can settle yourself for it and, and kind of plan, plan for the pressure that's going to come on unless you've managed a Man United, a Liverpool, do you know what I mean? Chelsea, Man City. Yeah. Because you could say, oh, I managed Bournemouth in, in League, uh, League One and Championship, but he wasn't expected to win every week. Mm. Unless you're a manager of a top four football club, True. you can never recreate Celtic or Rangers manager. Tell me this at Queen's Park Rangers, how, how are you coping with uh, London Dykes' ever changing hairdos? <laughs> I know, big Dykesy. I like Dykesy, you know. I, as a centre forward, I say to him, stop running about. It's being like, we need to be selfish. <laughs> Just stay down the middle a little bit. Do selfless. Marv, honestly, he's running everywhere <laughs> other than staying in the whip for the box. I'm like, Dykes, you number nine, stay in the middle. That's my only thing for Dykesy. I, I think he's going to hit the ground running. He scored seven goals this year. Got seven games to go. If he gets double season, double uh, figures for his first season in the championship, that's got a level for him to build on. He'll go into the Euros with a lot of confidence. I, I know he's excited for the Euros if he can make the squad. And oh, he'll be uh, he'll be in the I, squad. I okay, in him a lot. Yeah, I mean he's yeah, he, well, he's I'm, made a I'm massive impact, Charlie. Yeah, I just feel that he offers things. He offers things different. He, he he's he's different. Like he's he's good in the air, runs in behind. But the, the, being on Endor, as I say to him, just stay in the middle, the whip for the box, mate. Make sure they cross the ball for you. He and just, I just feel like he needs to just be a little bit more, a little bit more yeah. selfish. He's giving strikers a bad name by doing too much running, basically. <laughs> so he needs to, he needs to calm down. <laughs> He's giving me a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Charlie. Before you go, uh, you'll be giving us the winner of the Grand National, I imagine. Chaps, I, I know this is boring, ain't it? But I can't get away from the favourite. He's a stone wrong at the weight. He's a shoo-in. He's a shoo-in. He's a stone wrong at the weight, chaps. He's Mate, a Charlie, you sound as if you know absolutely nothing about racing, eh? <laughs> shoo-in with the weight, yeah, eh? Oh, professional. Guy, yeah, he's a professional. Oh, a professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and in the Grand National chaps, I would pick the kids' birthdays. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's about as scientific as it should get, really, to be honest. Uh, Charlie, that's exactly right. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you very much indeed. Good to good to talk wow. to you. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again sometime. Thank you, chaps. Take care, big man. You take care. All the best. Cheers, 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 Cheers. Bye bye. All the best. That's uh, that's Charlie Austin, uh, Marv, uh, who's <laughs> always got plenty. He's lively, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's got yes. a lot of energy until the three o'clock on a Saturday, and the whistle yeah. goes, and then he won't move for you. But I'll tell you yeah. what, as he said, he'll put the ball in the back yeah. of the net. They you know he's. That's, that's what, what he, does. he does. He doesn't run around yeah. exactly. A lot of energy. But he just keeps it for the, the penalty box. Yeah, eh? yeah, just for the penalty just box. Ball comes in there and he gets his head on the end of things or swings his leg at it and puts it in the back of the net. And, and Dykes has got no chance, unfortunately, because the way he plays with Scotland, you know, no wonder he runs a lot. Because yeah, well, exactly. That's, that's, yeah, he's everywhere. That's part of the job. Sometimes you don't see the ball. You just run for 90 minutes and you don't get the ball at all. Um, as Kenny Miller knew to his cost over a long number of years. And very interesting what he said there. Uh, Charlie Austin, having played for him, of course, in the past with Marv as well, uh, that he reckons anyhow would be perfect for that Celtic job the Go Radio football show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 that was a good uh... 
That was a good 15 or 20 minutes with uh, Charlie Austin there, the, the former Bournemouth, Southampton, Burnley. Came through lower leagues as well, didn't he, Charlie yeah. Austin? And, and very nearly, Marv, played for England. Yeah, he nearly went all the way. As you said, you know, he was non-league football. Um, he did two years at Swindon in, in League One um, before jumping up to, to Burnley and kind of never looked back. So, you know, he's a great example to, to you know kids out there who are not in an academy at 16, 17 years of age. You know, Charlie came in at, at 19 and he said nearly played for England, unfortunately. Unfortunately, he got injured. He's on a bench for one game and then got injured uh, in training and unfortunately had to, you know, withdraw from the squad. So, yeah, fantastic character. As you see, he's really lively as well. Really yeah. good guy. And you get the feeling uh, he knows he's got a little clue about what's going on as well. And he was very positive there, wasn't he, about Eddie Howe, as I suppose you would expect him to be. But, but you know, uh, he's not going to say he's perfect for Celtic if he doesn't think that. 100%. You know, Charlie's very straight talking. And if you'd have mentioned a few other managers you know, that he's paid under, you'd have got a very different response to the, to the Eddie Howe one. So yeah. believe you me, he uh, he'll, he says it like it is. You know, Charlie will say it how it is. Um, and, and I saw what Eddie Howe did for him, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I always speak up at Eddie Howe, but it's always good to hear from somebody else, you know, talking yeah. about that manager and, you know, Charlie's trying to probably get himself a move as well. I think he knows what's happening. He's trying to get his way in there. Yeah. Um, get himself up. I think it's an interesting one, uh, interesting point that he brought up in terms of, Unless you've been involved with with either club or you've been at a top top club, what do you know? Like in terms of that that expectation to win games every single week, you know. And yeah. I thought that that was a good point because you know that's something that uh, an Eddie Howe wouldn't have that experience in. Yeah. So you know, in terms of risk and all that sort of stuff, you know, risk free reward and all that. But mm. it's you know that is an unknown. It's kind of sink or swim, isn't it? Yeah. But even with that, Eddie Howe, I'm telling you now, is a perfectionist genuinely like the, the man is a perfectionist you know be winning games and still be saying could have probably done that better could have done yeah. that better way home from every away game he's at the front of the coach yeah. as soon as he gets on he's watching the game back and he's putting players down and saying did this really well did that really well maybe if he did you know move two or three yards this way we could have got out quicker yeah. you think we just won the game 4-0 but even though I remember his, his time his time at Bournemouth he didn't have an unbelievable record against the bigger sides mm-hmm. but he always played his team played really, really well, played great football and just didn't seem to get that result. But at a bigger club, yeah. where all of a sudden now you're in a position where you've got the best players, he, he plays a wonderful brand of football, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no doubt that he, he could do the Celtic job and be a great manager. Yeah. The interesting thing is whether or not he is going to be the man. Meantime, the speculation goes on. Craig Moore in the studio, Marvin Bartley as well, and Rob McLean, the Go Radio football show with OPC Energy Limited. We've got about half an hour left. Champions League last couple of nights, Mm. uh, Europa League tonight. But let's talk to Sean in Livingston. Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How's yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. What would you like to say? Uh, I was just wondering, so it's a question for Marvin. Uh, if you were to relive one moment in your footballing career, what would that moment be? Oh, to relive? Um, probably my debut, Sean, if I'm honest. Um, it, was, it was actually chucking down with rain. It wasn't a great game. We lost the game. But for me, you know, going in the dressing room at, at the start and seeing kind of Bartley on the back of a shirt and then, you know, getting onto that pitch in front of, you know, a lot of fans for me at that point in my career, um, you know, was, was the best feeling that I've, I've had. Um, so yeah, if I could relive one moment, it would definitely be that, mate. Uh, fantastic achievement for me. Um, and again, coming to the game at 20 years of age, so I probably thought my time had passed. So yeah, that would be something I'd relive for sure. 
Who was that for, Marv? Uh, for Bournemouth. That was for right. Bournemouth, yeah. Okay. The Eddie uh, Howe connection. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a coach at this point though. We had Kevin Bond. Uh who's was, was a little bit different. Um, Kevin Bond. I had a Kevin Bond, I think, briefly at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he would yeah. have been as like a yeah. coach there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh he was my manager, you know, when I made my debut. So you know, that's that's always, you know, obviously the Scottish Cup and whatever else, but the, the, the making my debut was it was a fantastic thing for me because I didn't think it would happen uh, in the football league for me. Yeah, and I guess when you come to it late, as you say, you maybe appreciate it that bit more. 100%, you know, 100%. And it used to be funny because the boys used to be speaking about long days and stuff. And I used to be like, this is not a long day. <laughs> like, you don't know what a long day is, but, you know, it's uh, it's all kind of relevant. But yeah, you know, I appreciate everything that, that football's given me and still continues to give me to this day. Um, but, you know, obviously it came with a, a lot of hard work and I still work hard now. But yeah, my debut was a fantastic time. Sean, what have you made of Livingston this season? That great 14-match unbeaten run. It's a real shame, of course, for everybody uh, that gets involved in this show that uh, fans can't get into games. But uh, uh, Livingston getting to the League Cup final, of course. Um, how have you enjoyed the season? I mean, it's, it's been a great achievement, obviously. Because, um, I mean, from where we've come from, to get top half of the Scottish Premiership and to be where we've up to be where we are now um, is a great achievement. I'm really happy. And do you think you could catch Aberdeen? I reckon we could. Good man. <laughs> and beat them in the Scottish Cup to get to the quarterfinals? Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Marv, see, Marv's pretty keen to install Aberdeen as favourites despite my attempts to <laughs> throw the opposite at him. Is that right? Yeah, they're favourites, obviously. <laughs> they're, they're the home team. I know so there's no fans there, but they're also fourth in the league. So uh, they have to be the favourites for the game. We're the underdogs and uh, we'll see what happens. And Sean Davy Martindale, what a job he's done. Oh, I definitely. I mean, when, when he came in, you know, I, I didn't really know what to, what to expect of him, but to see what he's done with the team and get us to where, we've, to where we are is, like, honestly, he's just been fantastic for us. It's been one of the stories of the season, I guess, um, hasn't it? I mean, it's it's um, it's picked up a UK profile that story, maybe for, further afield as well. Just the whole story of of Davy Martindale's past yeah. uh, and the second chance he's been given, uh, and the second chance he's certainly grabbed with both hands. Yeah, and it's. it's oh, sorry, sorry, Sean. Sorry, I was just cutting in there. Sorry. Oh <clears throat> uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a, an amazing uh, story. I mean, Marvin, you've obviously seen it. David's probably always been hands on at the football club. Yeah. Uh, but the run that, that Livingston went on um, during the season was incredible. I mean, it was the best outside of Rangers. Mm. Uh, the form was unbelievable. And when you get in that kind of run, it's a great feeling knowing that you're going to go in and win win games of football. Yeah, that, that's what comes with that confidence. Yeah, especially going from the other the other way because we were really struggling up until then. You know, yeah. really struggling, and then you know you go into like say that fourteen game run and it's two, three, four games unbeaten. And you think like, how long can we keep doing this? And it keeps going. And as you said, you grow as players and your confidence grows. And it you know it's a fantastic time, the longest one I've been on in my career. What are you thinking, Sean, about Celtic Park on Saturday? It's definitely going to be a challenge, but you know we we we. Gave them a challenge early on in the season, so hopefully we can repeat that, uh, repeat that game, uh, give them a challenge, and you know hopefully we can get something out of it. And uh, presumably your favourite player is the guy that wears number six. <laughs> it better be yeah. Sean. <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> even I'll, even I'll if it's not five or later. <laughs> even if it's not, just say so for now. Anyway. <laughs> just just agree. <laughs> Sean, good to have you on the show. Thanks for calling. Cheers, Sean.
Thank you very much. See you That's later. Sean, um, very well spoken. Livingston yeah. fan, very polite. That won't catch on. Um, <laughs> here, here's here's some interesting an interesting development today on, on a story uh, which was revolving around and just I guess it's proof if proof were needed um, that assumptions as sometimes can be really dangerous and we all do it. Mm. Uh, in live situations and we all we all make mistakes we all put our foot in it big time at times uh, because it's emerged today that a charity is set to benefit from assistant referee Octavian Sovra's decision to ask Borussia Dortmund Erling Haaland yeah. for an autograph after Man City's Champions League quarterfinal uh, win on Tuesday the Romania official I'm sure uh, you saw on TV uh, approached Haaland in the tunnel at the Etihad Stadium and produced a red and a yellow card for the striker to sign. Uh, some people were obviously questioning his actions. It looked a bit bizarre at the time. Among them, BT Sport pundit Owen Argreaves who said it doesn't look right uh, and I think uh, Julian Lescott went a bit further and called it all uh, childish. Um, but it's now emerged that a childhood friend of Sovra has revealed that the cards are likely to be auctioned later this month to help provide therapy for autistic people mm-hmm. at the SOS Autism Bihorse Centre in Romania, which depends on donations and often auction items uh, to raise money. So it just yeah. underlines, we, we should know this by now because we've kind of been there and back over time. Um, but a lot of people uh, got that one badly wrong, Craig. Yeah, they did, and uh, you know, obviously, when you see the the, the story, um, and it's for a, a wonderful cause, um, you know, it's like you can't you can't really have, have have a go at that. You know, I know that people did comment on it, Hargreaves and uh, and Julian Lescott, but then you had also Pep Guardiola that had a different message and, and different response. He was like, no problem. The officials were brilliant during the game and I don't really find it that unusual. It might be for a son, a birthday or this. So he was thinking that it might be for, for, for something else. I, but I think it also goes to show you sometimes the, the impact of football. You know, the impact of um, star players or, or just great football. Don't underestimate that. And I think that's actually a, a really nice quality, Marvin. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. And I would kind of be with on the Pep side of things. Even, obviously, hindsight's the one thing and we know, now know what happened. But if I saw an official, you know, getting an autograph from a, an opposing player after a game, I wouldn't think anything of it because the game's gone. Mm. You know, the game's been and gone. So, you know, if he was doing it in private and didn't want people to see that it might be slightly different but the man was standing in the tunnel he's not he wasn't trying to hide it um so yeah as you said you know we, we shouldn't we shouldn't judge things before we uh we know the full story let's talk to robbie who's an aberdeen fan hi robbie sorry robbie i'll i'll uh, get you switched on this time how are you doing i'm doing fine thanks yourself yeah good thank you um it was a bit of a struggle at the weekend in the scottish cup wasn't it oh yeah i was watching it before I was actually watching it before I headed to report on Air v Clyde, and ah. it was it was the exact same uh, lower league side where I thought we'd have been struggling for fitness, played a lot of games in recent times in mm. Aberdeen. I thought it was a perfect chance for Aberdeen to maybe get. I think we all did to get the confidence up, get three or four goals, and. It wasn't easy at all, was it? It certainly wasn't. But let's get on to more positive topics. I guess that one was positive as well, because in the end, Aberdeen won, and uh, they've got a shoe-in against Livingston and Pataudry <laughs> in, ne- yeah. in the next round. Uh, what about Scott Brown? What are you making about uh, his arrival in the summer from Celtic? Yeah, I, th- I think Scott Brown, the, mo- the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think it's a positive, ambitious move for Aberdeen to get Scott Brown involved, along with Alan Russell and along with Stephen Glass, who now, I believe, is coming in, or he's in quarantine and starting yeah. on Tuesday. So, yeah. 
the sooner for me, no thanks to Paul Sheeran if he's listening, but the sooner we get Aberdeen get a permanent manager in Glass and Alan Russell in, and then Scott Byrne in the summer, it can only be can only be up from there. And going by the philosophy and things I've seen Atlanta United media people say, I'm actually quite. I think that's a perfect combination of three people that can all bring good ideas and bring good contacts and knowledge to the game, I guess. Despite some people might say Glass isn't experienced, but I'd probably say, I agree with Dave Coymack saying that the MLS, even MLS 2, has probably got some quality players as well and yeah. it's still a test. Are you Glass half full then? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Uh, and, and obviously there was the, there was the, the the story being floated today. I'll get Marv's thoughts on this, Robbie, um, about Lee Griffiths maybe uh, being released from Celtic because the, the, there's a potential to kick into another year's deal, uh, but they might just decide to split up the two of them. And and it wouldn't be the surprise of all time if Griffiths followed Brown to Pataudry, would it? No, exactly. And these are the things that you know Scott Brown will bring to the table. You know, he's someone who's currently playing. He knows the league very very well because he's been here for a long time. He knows how to to win leagues and win trophies. So. As Robbie touched on there, you know, Stephen Glass might be inexperienced in terms of the Scottish game and being really within it over the last few years. But you've got Scott Brown to add that, you know, so that the whole point in the management team is that where somebody's weak, somebody else is strong. You know, not one play, uh, person, sorry, within that three is going to be strong at everything. And, you know, Scott Brown, knowing Lee and possibly bringing him in will be, I think, fantastic for Aberdeen. And they're crying out for a centre forward. You know, they, they, they've tried a few lone boys and... You know, it's not really worked at this moment in time. So, you know, having an established centre forward um, going into the new season would be, you know, a great start in terms of their rebuild. And you, and you would imagine that the, the the signing of Scott Brown, apart from anything else, apart from giving Aberdeen uh, that winning mentality, which, which there's no doubt he brings to them, um, he's, he also could well be a magnet for, for other signings, Craig. And, and why not? And, and look, one thing that... Um, I noticed uh, through listening to a couple of interviews of, of Scott Brown, even when he wasn't playing at Celtic, for me, it, it, it wasn't about him. You know, this is when Turnbull broke through and Soto broke through and it's about mentoring and, and, and helping these lads progress. Uh, I think that's a great quality uh, and I certainly think that he'll bring huge value um, to Aberdeen. And in terms of those networks and then people wanting to, to potentially come, you know, whether it be through player, whether it be through Stephen Glass, who's obviously, uh, you know, got a lot of knowledge of Scottish football as well, although being in the MLS, it, it puts Aberdeen in a, in, a, in a really good position for next season. Lee Griffiths, look, in my opinion, he's, you know, this has been a disaster of a season for not only himself, but, but Celtic, as we know. He would be a potential great signing for Aberdeen. Would you be excited about that prospect, Robbie? Yeah, I, I think Lee Griffiths would be exactly what Aberdeen need because, as Marv says, we've had Callum Henge, Florian Camberry, who's flattered to deceive, to say the least, and then Fraser Hornby, who's been injured, all on loan. And I think Lee Griffiths, if he can find his form that he has in the past, I think Lee Griffiths could be a great asset. And Aberdeen, no respect to Sam Cosgrove, I know he did score double figures, but since Adam Rooney left, we haven't had someone on a consistent basis who the ball goes into the box they'll score. And I think Lee Griffiths, that sort of player, if he gets a service and his head's in the right place, he will. And it would be quite excite fans, I think, if Aberdeen could get Lee Griffiths. And there's a lot of talk in the media of Declan Gallagher as well. And if that was the case, then I think Aberdeen would be looking right for next season. 
Yep, all sounds uh, pretty positive to be honest. It's been uh, it's all fizzled out recently for Aberdeen, but uh, certainly the way ahead uh, looks a little br- brighter, pointing towards uh, next season. And who knows, Stephen Glass might spark a revival uh, in time for a Scottish Cup run <laughs> as well. He said, looking at the guy on the other <laughs> side of the studio who's giving him a pretty dirty looking response. Uh, Robbie, thanks a lot for your call. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Robbie. All the best. Good to have you on the show. That's Robbie, an Aberdeen fan. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Don't you just love that music at times? Oh, it just bouncing away. It just deserves to play <laughs> rather, than, rather than be spoken over. Now, I'm not great with decisions and I've had decisions to make the last couple of nights and they've been difficult. When you're watching Champions League, it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, when there are two matches, which one do you watch? Mm. Uh, and do you run the risk of uh, missing the goals by watching one and switching back and forth between them? What What is the tactic? Because um, I've n- never been very good at it. Last night for me, Marv, uh, Bayern Munich against PSG, were you the same? Yeah, yeah, I watched that game as well uh, fantastic end-to-end stuff and it's difficult because obviously I'm from England so I want I wanted to watch Chelsea but I couldn't I couldn't you know turn over from Bayern Munich v PSG so yeah I was with you on that one Rob I was watching that game yeah and how many shots at goal did Bayern have Craig 30, 31 shots yeah. to um, PSG's six obviously PSG scored three of those yeah six uh, is not bad is it it's, it's not bad but uh, in Mbappe Neymar uh, Di Maria uh, look, I mean, they're, they're a great side, but they, they they certainly were very, very dangerous on the counter. They got a couple of goals, obviously, early doors uh, to get that lead. Always felt as if Bayern Munich uh, could get back into the game. But in the end, um, 3-2, massive win for, for PSG because I think that they both will score. Yeah. Way, but um, I think PSG will score at home, which means Bayern have got to score at least three. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to be a huge task for them. But if anyone can do it, it's Bayern Munich. That's right. If anyone can come back, it's them. And like you said, it's going to be another end-to-end game. And... I think they'll be thinking, yeah, we can go there and score three. I don't think they're going to fear PSG. Even PSG without aren't going to defend. Even without Lewandowski. Yeah, it makes what, it what's the story? More. I mean, I know he didn't play last night, obviously, but it's, it's when's he back? Injured. I don't believe All he's right. back for for the return leg either. Yeah, I think he'll miss the return, which is a huge blow for them. Yeah, but a huge confidence boost for PSG. But you still go into that game and concede two goals, and you think, what the hell? Like yeah. we still conceded two goals. So PSG aren't a team that are going to sit behind the ball and defend. They don't have those sorts of players. You know, with the players that Craig mentioned there, they're going to go and attack and buy Munich. No, it's going to be another open game yeah FC Porto nil Chelsea too it was a, yeah. that, I guess that's the only one of the quarterfinals that is almost done and dusted already two goals in Portugal back at Stamford yeah. Bridge next week um, you would reckon that Chelsea are, are probably home and hosed on that one um, PSG 3-2 winners in Munich last night and then the Tuesday games um, Man City beat Dortmund 2-1 so that one's yeah. that, that's at home so that's not that's far from over mm-hmm. that match mm-hmm. um, and Real Madrid uh, 3-1 up against Liverpool hitting for Anfield had it been a full house Anfield you might have sensed a big revival in that tie but right now not so sure big ask yeah big ask and that was the game actually that I chose on the on the Tuesday night yeah uh, and, and Liverpool were um, they weren't they weren't good first half, you know. They 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 gave up possession far too often in in, in really good areas, and uh, Real Madrid looked extremely dangerous. Vinicius Junior was oh, on what? fire. What a player he is! Uh, he's know, twenty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's been. I mean, they've been huge raps on this kid for 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 a good few years. But he's you know to do that 
at that level. Yep. Uh, and I don't know what you thought, Marvin, but that, the second half, it, I thought that the tempo, the intensity and the quality, and then also Bayern Munich PSG, it's just like the football, it's next level, it really was. Yeah, and, and that's why they're you know, in the Champions League. And it, it did show, like you say, it was another level because obviously you know, I used to watch a lot of La Liga because it used to be on Sky Sports and now it's gone away from there. I don't see as much now. So when I was watching Real Madrid, I was thinking... You know, Liverpool are going to win this game, they're going to win this game. But then the levels that Real Madrid went to were breathtaking, yeah. absolutely breathtaking. And to be honest, it took me about 55 minutes to realise they're playing at the training ground. As well. you know, I, was that, yeah. I was that invested yeah. in the game. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. And then I all those stands gone. Yeah. 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 Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, what, what an unbelievable game. And Liverpool just look, you know, the confidence that it's just completely gone. You mm. know, you've seen mm. them in a the Premier League and they've 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 messed up their defence of their, their kind of title. I know they've had a lot of injuries and whatever else, but... In such a huge game, they just made some basic mistakes he wouldn't expect those players to make. And I think the pressure just getting to them now, where where before they were kind of coming you know, behind everyone else and they won the league, now they're expected to be good week in, week out. And I think mm. just that slight, you know, bit more pressure on them, I don't think they, de- they dealt with it very well. And you know, Real Madrid, I think, you know, will go to Anfield and, and win that game as well. Tonight, it's the Europa League quarterfinals, Ajax against Roma, uh, Dinamo Zagreb, Zab- Zagreb even yeah. against Villarreal, Villarreal. Uh, Granada against Man United. And of course, the one that we are maybe most interested in because it might have been Rangers uh, that were playing their, old, their yeah. old midfielder, Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Arsenal. But it's Slavia Prague. Uh, no Andre Kudela mm-hmm. uh, involved for them. But it's going to be an interesting watch just to see what mm-hmm. Slavia Prague have, of course, already beaten Leicester in the competition. Yeah. how they do against Arsenal no no it'll be a, it'll be a very interesting game look I, I think that you know they've, they've done extremely well over the two legs against Leicester and, and likewise uh, against Rangers um, they've obviously got um, a suspension um, I don't know whether they're going to be at full strength Arsenal at home as well I'd like to think that finally Slavia Prague have come to, to the end of the road but we know our, you know even after this game uh, tonight it'll only be half time I mean Tierney's a big miss we, we didn't touch on Tierney a little bit earlier in terms of being out for the four to six weeks he's a big miss for, for Arsenal uh, and they've still knocked out some some inconsistent stuff if we're being honest about yeah. Arsenal uh, yeah. you know still a lot of discussion about Aubameyang and is he happy and is he a good influence and I do think Arsenal however will be too strong tonight yeah no I, I agree with that but Arsenal like you say are so hit and miss yeah. and I think tonight that they can't afford to be you know, the kind of miss Arsenal that we're, we're used to seeing of uh, recent. And, and Tierney, for me, has been Arsenal's best player this season. Um, been absolutely fantastic, you know, constantly running forward. Um, I remember watching him one of his first few games and he got cramp. I think just the intensity of the game down there is just a little bit more, yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? So he, he struggled a little bit with that at the start, but he's been Arsenal's best player, no doubt about it. And, you know, him and missing... Miss, yeah, they'll miss him tonight, oh, big 100%, time. 100%. Not just for his performance, but, but I guess he demands the same of everyone else around him as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And and good players doesn't mean he have to play well every week, but he always gives 100%. And mm. he demands of everybody else, week in, week out. You see him speaking to players that, you know, have gone on and done wonderful things in the game and, you know, top, top players. And he doesn't care. Nah. You know, it's like he's playing in a part of his mates he doesn't care he'll tell you how it is and what a great you know attribute that is to have as a, as a young man and to you know see him in an Arsenal shirt because that's my, my English team that's who I support is, mm. is absolutely fantastic and maybe in the background tonight of course people will be thinking um, about Slavia Prague and about Andre Kudela um, and about that UEFA investigation which is ongoing and uh, uh, maybe in a more enlightened world and maybe in a, uh, a football world where action was taken uh, quicker 
and with more certainty Slavia Prague might just have been kicked out of the competition by now they might not yeah. have featured mm-hmm. uh, had all that been upheld by now but we've spoken plenty about that earlier in the show we're going to come uh, back round to uh, finishing uh, on the subject that we were starting with talking about Celtic and that situation vacant uh, still the same uh, John Joe Kenny uh, speaking today he of course on loan from Everton I thought it was it's massive um, you know at a time where I was in Germany playing week in, week out, and uh, I felt like I was showcasing what I can do to to not playing so much uh, regularly again was was difficult, um, especially, you know, personally, as a person who wants to, to play week in, week out and enjoy them uh, moments on, on a Saturday uh, at three o'clock. So I think coming here and giving me the chance to go and do that was, was important. Whether he stays longer, of course, or whether he goes back, uh, all these things to be determined. Uh, there's a massive list of, of items to be sorted out uh, when a new manager uh, comes in. That uh, doesn't appear to be happening any time soon. And here's what John Joe was saying about the players' feeling about that managerial position. It's got nothing really to do with the players. Um, that's down to the board. So, you know, we stay out of that. We just keep on doing what we need to do. And as I said, just keep on performing. They up and, you know, when just keep on looking forward really it is a, a feeling of uncertainty though isn't it for the players I mean that that's not something you can shut out of your head on a, a week to week basis not quite knowing what's coming next for, for lots of lone players at Celtic and, and lots of others I think there's a lot of nervous players whether you're um, you're looking at your, your future um, yeah, more, more for the ones that are looking at the future you know because you, you know that every game is being watched whether it's <laughs> what manager we don't know yeah. but you know well when a new manager comes into play, and it's going to happen, right? when we don't know, everybody starts from a clean slate. So that should bring a real kind of desire and hunger and positivity about the playing group because you're playing for something. You're playing to, to do the best for your football club. You've got two old firm games mm-hmm. um, and you're playing for your future. Absolutely. And uh, Celtic, as John Kennedy said today, need to keep full focus. All season, we've had a lot of stories and a lot of chat and... Uh, and a lot of media surrounding us because of the situation and the season, how big it was and, and the way it's gone. So, you know, it's a, it's a different story. But again, it's just about bringing focus to the football. That's the most important thing for the players. That's what they take their greatest comfort from, um, is giving them focus on the next game, each training session, how do we improve, how do we develop things, and how and how we prepare to win the next game. So that's purely what it's been, you know, in terms of you, you can't, Ignore it. We know it's there, but in terms of us, we can't affect that. You know, myself or the players, all we can affect is is how we conduct ourselves in the training pitch and how we we prepare going into games. Was that your your water bottle performing in the background there? <laughs> yeah, it was. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, if Celtic don't have full focus on Saturday, Marv, <laughs> they know what's going to happen. Livingston are in town. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll have full focus. You know, as, as players, we look for excuses wherever we can get them. But these Celtic players, you know, it's not like the manager went yesterday. He's been, he's been gone a good few weeks now. Um, they've, they would have dealt with the speculation and everything else. And, you know, they'll be ready for us on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. We're not going to that game thinking, oh, these players aren't concentrating on us because they definitely will be. And, and as Craig said there, you know, you're nervous as a player about who's coming in if you've not been performing. If you've been performing, someone like Turnbull, he's not nervous about who's coming in next because he knows he's going to be playing. Why? Because he's been performing really well. So, you know, you perform well, you'll stay in, in the side and in the squad for the next manager, there's no doubt about it. That was two hours, Marv. We've Perfect. done it. We've done really it again. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks to Craig as well. And uh, we are back uh, tomorrow night. It's Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi in the studio live at five. 
The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.